It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right. Good evening. Happy Easter. Uh, It is Sunday night, 8 o'clock here on the East Coast. Time for episode 202 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, my friend, how the hell are you uh, this Easter Sunday? I'm going to tell you something. Friday was a really uh, was a dark day for me. I, you know, something very tragic happened. Uh, a, a close friend of mine passed away. Um, Saturday was really a, a, a day of reflection for me. Um, and then uh, today, my friend was back. Interesting. Interesting. Just came back. Just uh, um, you know, he said that there were uh, there was a big rock in the way. Um, but uh, he's back with us, and uh, and all is right in the world. All right, um, that's good to hear. So it just makes me feel that everything is beautiful. My friend Jesus, um, you know, he's uh, he's rolling deep. He's my co-pilot. How are you doing, Ron? <laughs> I'm doing good. I am uh, ready to uh, to do the podcast and uh, ready. I guess should we start off with our drink of the week? Can't think why not. Drink of the week. Nazdrovia. Salud. Drink of the week. Slasher. Who's? Drink of the week. Drink of the week. All right, Brian. What, uh, What did you bring to drink this week, my friend? Listen, Ron, recently, um, I think you know how important 9-11 was um, uh, in in my life. And I think um, uh, something that you understand is just how important, uh, you know, commemorating those that gave all on that day. And now I think a lot of you are wondering, how am I going to tie this into Drink of the Week? Well, very recently, we celebrated the 20th anniversary of 9-11 couple months back. So I am enjoying a Tunnel to Towers Bravest Golden Ale coming from our friends over at Flagship Brewing Company. Um, Flagship Brewing created this golden ale specifically for the Tunnels to Tower Foundation. Um, it's a 4.9 ABV, easy drinking golden ale brewed with Huel Melon and Cascade Hops. Now, Ron, I'm sure you're asking yourself, what is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation? Well, it I was honors- actually just thinking that in my head. What is that foundation? Well, I'm glad that you asked. It honors the heroic sacrifice of FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller and all those who perished on September 11, 2001, by providing mortgage-free homes to families of our military and first responders who continue to make the supreme sacrifice of life and limb. So in honor of all those people... Um, I'm drinking this beer. Very nice. Hopefully it is a worthy beer. Take a sip of that and uh, tell us what you think. My first thought is I wish I had a second one of these. It's pretty damn good. All right. It's tasty. Nice. It's nice. tasty. What was the alcohol uh, content on that again? Low 4.8, I believe, which is uh, why I've got a, uh, a little uh, friend, uh, John Jameson. There you go. Jack Jameson. Nice. Harvey Jameson. Uh, Irv Jameson, Jameson, I believe. Steve nice. Jameson, I believe. Yes, 
Stevie? Steven? Steve Ola! Steve Arino! So, uh, Steve Arino! Uh, so, what's that you say, Brian? What am I drinking this week? Ron? Yes. What are you drinking this week? So, uh, friends of the podcast, the Jardies stopped over last night and they were nice enough to uh, to bring a few beers over. Uh, thank you. Hold on. Hold on. Thank you for the invite. Oh, sure. Anytime. Thank you anytime. for the invite. It means a lot um, that uh, when the Jardies come over, I am not invited. I appreciate that. So, this is from uh, the good folks at Cigar City Brewing uh, down in Tampa, Florida. Florida. This is uh, Guayabara uh, Citra Pale Ale. Um, their brewers feel the same reverence and appreciation for the traditional Latin Guayabara shirt that we do for the Citra Hop Varietal, a hop that imparts notes of tangerine, limes, and berries to this American pale ale. This is clocking in at a 5.5%. Uh, I got a nice uh, kind of hazy uh, finish going on there. Well, let's take a sip. It's actually the same consistency of my urine this morning. Oh, that's good. I like mm-hmm. that. That's tasty. Now, is it the uh, the guayabara that is pr- providing the flavor? Because that is actually, I don't know if you realize this, but that is actually one of the most common um, tourist uh, uh, attractions, the fruits of the people of Venezuela, the guayabara fruit is um, uh, people actually travel from all over the world to get their hands on the gua, guayabara. The guayabara is a uh, shirt, actually, not a fruit. Well, it's named after the fruit. Interesting <laughs> fact. Oh, okay. All right. Named after the fruit because it was um, basically um, harvesting the fruit out in the fields during the the uh, the brutal Venezuelan summers. Um, what happened was the only way to survive a day out in the fields was to develop a clo- a, a cloth that was um, uh, thin in depth that allowed mm-hmm. air to flow through while still protecting um, the skin from the harmful sun rays. And this uh, and this relates to the fruit somehow. It's the fruit, of course. It's the guayabara <laughs> uh, fruit. All right. It's very tangy. It burns. It burns. It, it's just the acidity. It stings it, it, the nostrils of it. Mm-hmm. Like right. panther. What was it? Panther. It's panther. That was it. 60% of the time, it works all of the time. Every time. Every time. In the meantime, Every time. let's keep it rolling with the uh, beef of the week. Ron and Brian's beef of the week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? Nothing is bothering me this week. Wow. I'm 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 actually a little bit shocked by that. I do not have a beef of the week. I have a statement of gratitude of the week. Wow. All right. Well, I think, you know, I think you have 49% of this podcast, however you choose to utilize it on a Sunday night. If you want to mix it up and make this your statement of gratitude of the week, I leave it in your very capable hands. In the true spirit of Jesus Christ returning from his weekend away, um, out with the boys. Mm-hmm. Anywho, um, last night I was getting out of a friend's car um, and I had my phone in my jacket pocket when I got out. And uh, within about, uh, I would say maybe 45 paces from walking away from the car, probably less, I realized that I did not have my phone. Worst and I thought in the world. The level of panic I went through. 
Um, so I ran down the street trying to meet up with my friend's car. Um, they were stopped at a red light. Um, and you know me, I'm not a, a, a good runner um, in the sense that the last time I ran, I uh, uh, tore my meniscus, which required surgery. I don't think um, we describe you as fleet of foot, I guess no, we can say. No, 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 no. So I am running as fast as I can um, after because I could see the car still still like stopped at the light. And as I get to maybe about 25 feet from the car, light changes, car speeds off. And I have no way of contacting this friend because I don't have my phone. I can't call them to say, I think you've got my phone. So um, I immediately go through like this very convoluted way to try to figure out how to reach um, my friend. Um, it, it actually bringing in involving a third party to be like, can you call them? Um, they do reach out to my friend. My friend says, no, it's not in my car. Hmm. I can't understand that because I went back to where I got out of the car and the phone wasn't there. About five minutes later, my friend has the idea, why don't you call the phone number? Right. Hadn't occurred to me. Makes sense. Call the number. Guy answers and says, yeah, I'm standing right across the street. I've got your phone. Come on by and pick it up. Nice. And uh, I uh, immediately put uh, put my shoes back on, ran downstairs, ran outside of the um, uh, ran outside the apartment building, uh, ran over the gentleman standing right there, handed me my phone. Um, I graciously um, thanked him and rewarded him. You slipped him a little uh, a little cash, a little something for little, the effort. A little cashish. What would you have given? Oh, twenty. Uh, I did 40. Um, that, it's nothing, the level of nothing. panic I was in. The level of panic I felt I wasn't giving him enough with 40. Because I was about to do 60, and then I was like, eh, I put 20 back in my pocket as I was as I was coming down there. Um, okay, well, see, Janelle goes right to the sex. Right. I don't know why. I mean, I know we, we've talked about the sex edition before. Um, that's it's the it's it, she's got to get it under control. Yeah. Um yeah. But uh, yeah, so I would so so it is a statement of gratitude. There are good people still out there. This man could have just taken my phone. This man could have just chucked it. Man could have broken it. Man could have done anything he wanted. But the man answered the phone, and the man said, "I am happy to return your phone," um, and was grateful with the reward. So instead of a beef of the week in honor of Jesus's birthday, I have a statement of gratitude of the week. And what was this gentleman's name so you can properly uh, thank him here on the podcast? Oh, fuck you, Ron. Fuck you so much. Fuck you so much. Because you know I didn't ask. That's why. That's why. Well, that's you know, why, it didn't even, that's why I made the statement. It didn't even dawn upon me to ask him his name. I just, I know you. It's it, I love you and I know you. Fuck. All right, Ron. Yes. What is your statement of gratitude for, for Jesus' birthday? I don't know that I have a statement of gratitude. I have a beef, personally, today. A beef. If you're all right with that. I'm all ears. So, um, my beef, and it's kind of specific, it is, it is uh, my beef is towards gadgets that have a battery to them, where when the battery starts to die, they start to chirp. Right. Like a uh, like a like a, a smoke detector, like a smoke detector, for example. So, sitting uh, in the living room yesterday and hear a chirp, 
like a muffled chirp. So I know it's not from that specific room. And it's like, what is that chirp from? Because all of my smoke detectors, I have Nest smoke detectors. So if the battery's going low, like the app on my phone is going to be like, hey, the battery's low. So just sitting there, hearing it chirp, trying to figure out what the hell this chirp is. Later on in the day, I go down into the basement, go down to that back storage area. Here are the chirp. The chirp is much more clear now. So I'm okay. like, all right. It is somewhere here. The other problem is the chirp is only happening like once every two minutes. So if you don't catch where it's from, you just got to right. scan and be like. So I, I go like to my water meter. Not that. Go to the hot water heater. Not that. Go to. So can't figure out what the hell it is. Uh, again, had the Jardies over. Didn't want to spend the evening in the basement. So went upstairs. And because wherever it was was right below the living room all night, I'm hearing that. So They're finally today, finally this morning, I was able to narrow it down to my sump pump alarm, which apparently has a nine volt battery backup, which will beep when that battery is getting ready to die. Your sump pump is not um, uh, uh, connected to your Nest app? <clears throat> my sump pump? No, it's completely independent. What is a sump pump for those <laughs> of us who live above ground? <laughs> A sump pump is a pump in your basement that will pump out water if you get water coming in. As we have discussed, <clears throat> the various issues of water coming into the basement, the sump pump is what takes the water out of the basement when it comes into the basement. So not only do you have a defective sump pump, because we know your, your, your basement floods every time <laughs> that it's, it, you get a shower, um, it also has a 9-volt battery that chirps when it's getting low. Well, there is there is an alarm that attaches to the sump pump. So should said sump pump ever fail, the alarm will go off and say, hey, your sump pump's not working. Okay. So that's my beef, Brian. Maybe it's petty. Maybe it's small. Uh, but it was annoying the living hell out of me all night last night. Well, um, interesting enough that at the same time that you were complaining about this chirp or that you were uh, being bothered by this chirp, a um, uh, nine uh, nine thousand people are believed to have been dead in Kiev, Ukraine, um, from Russian bombings. And your biggest complaint over the past seven days since the last day we did the show was that you had a battery that was a little low. Yes. Okay. Now I will say, while I was going through my basement. Um, looking for the chirp, I was wearing a t-shirt that says, uh, I stand with Ukraine. So I feel like that balances things out just personally. That's how I feel. You have a shirt that says I stand with Ukraine. Um, well, it, it kind of does. I mean, if there was an imprint on it, it might say I stand with Ukraine. It just hasn't been delivered in the mail yet, but the thought is there. Um, and also, interestingly, if you go to our, our uh, the Ron and Brian podcast website and go to our store, click on the link that says store, you will see a shirt that says Ron and Brian stand with Ukraine. Ron, go ahead and put up the, the link below to our website. Um, you can go to our store and um, it will you will see the link to the shirt. It says Ron and Brian stands with Ukraine, it is uh, 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 available in blue and yellow, as well as in yellow and blue. All proceeds from the sales of that shirt go back to Ron and Brian. So um, we would really appreciate it if you show your support for Ukraine by buying these shirts. 
and helping uh, Ron and I pay our bills. Thank you. I believe uh, listener Janelle has a really nice um, I Stand With Ukraine t-shirt. I forget. She mentioned how she got it. I forgot how she got it from the guy that she, oh, she gave him a handy. Give that's, him a handy. All right, yeah. that would explain yeah. why it was as nice of a T-shirt as it was. So fair trade, a fair yes. trade, Ron. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Makes uh, makes perfect sense. Um, so, what do we want to start off with? We have a, a bunch. Can of I start? Can, can I start off by? I, I would like to thank you, Ron. Actually, really, why me? Um, earlier this week, as many uh, uh, people who are watching the show right now. Um, earlier this week, there was just a, a a terrible and awful incident that occurred in the New York City subway system. Um, a uh, a gentleman set off uh, what 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 was some type of uh, smoke grenade, smoke bomb, something that um, uh, within a very short period of time emitted a massive amount of smoke. Um, took out a small arms uh, a handgun of some type and started indiscriminately shooting at people. Um, from the last report I saw, there were uh, uh, 10 wounded from gunshots. Another six were wounded from injuries trying to escape the smoke and the gunfire. Um, tragedy, a tragedy, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, an act of domestic terrorism can take place. Um, and uh, the thing that uh, I'm getting choked up, the thing that made me realize that I am loved that there are people out there who care about me is that um, even before I had heard that the uh, that the shooting had taken place, um, you reached out to me um, via uh, uh, telephone, via FaceTime, uh, messenger audio, uh, WhatsApp video. Um, you reached out to me um, in all these different ways to make sure that um, that I was safe. Um, uh, I cannot tell you how important it is. You know, a lot of people think that that's, you know, an, an annoyance, uh, you know, uh, you know, something that's just, you know, leave me alone. No, but to, to know that, that I matter to someone means so much to me. And I want to thank you wow. for, um, for thinking of me when that happened. I think, it, you know, it just makes sense when there is an act of violence. Uh, you know, I think it's just right that, you know, friends reach out to friends and make sure that they're okay. Uh, if I may also compliment you, um, when I reached out to you, you, you thanked me, but you were like, Ron, you know, it would be wrong of me to make a situation like this about me, to be concerned about people reaching out to me. And instead, give, put all your energy into sending thoughts and prayers for the victims. Of course, of course. I mean... Um, you know, the fact that there are some people that immediately sat there and, 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 you know, and attempted to make it about themselves, you know, um, you know, I saw some really egregious behavior online, um, from, from people that I consider my fellow New Yorkers. Um, this one person posted a, uh, 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 you know, a, a paragraph on, uh, on Facebook, um, uh, uh, stating how they were upset that, that, that there were people that didn't reach out to see if they were okay. Um, I saw other people who posted videos where they were, you know, um, you know, while, you know, the fallout was still happening, we were trying to figure out, you know, was this a soul attack? Were there other, um, you know, incidents going on? Um, there were people um, putting videos on social media complaining about how their subway commute was uh, uh, impacted um, by this attack and complaining 
um, as if uh, you know this was that that was really the important thought that needed to be shared instead of thoughts and prayers to the victims and their family. Um, it really was a, a moment, I guess, where where we got to see the best of humanity and uh, sad to say some of the worst. Yes. And now, uh, as far as a, a count, more than apparently 20 people were injured um, when uh, a suspect identified as 62-year-old uh, Frank James, uh, like you said, uh, started to shoot up a, a Brooklyn subway station. Uh, he was uh, arrested and charged on Wednesday uh, mm -hmm. in the East Village neighborhood of Manhattan. Um, he faces a federal charge of terrorism on mass transit, which carries a sentence of up to life in prison. Um, I was reading Notice. an article also before this that apparently there had been a $50,000 reward for information uh, from New York City, um, which uh, the mayor announced that they will be splitting amongst 10 individuals, uh, which a number of people have said that makes the city look extremely cheap. Well, who are the ten people? I mean, we know the story of the of the um, uh, maintenance worker right. who um, was able to uh, get uh, the uh, um, uh, the what's the guy's name again? Eric Adams, the shooter. Uh, the shooter, Frank James. Frank James. Okay, um, but there uh, he he was telling a story how he was able to get Frank James to um, stop running away from the police. I think um, uh, Janelle posted exactly how how. The maintenance worker um, was able to get Mr. James to stop running. Um, you are correct, you know, he gave him a handy. Um, but uh, uh, we also know that uh, there's also claims that uh, uh, Frank James called Crime Stoppers, Crime Busters, Crime... Crime Stoppers, you got it right. Crime Stoppers, uh, Scruff the uh, Crime Dog, was that his name? <laughs> I believe so, yes. Scruffy, um, and 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 said and and gave his own uh, location away. So uh, I'm, there's a lot of stories going on. Um, I'm a little upset that I'm not going to be getting a piece of that fifty thousand dollar reward money. Actually, feels a little low, all things considered. And I also feel that part of the story that is not being publicized as much as it should. The part of the story where I feel like you know we are um, you know looking past is that. Um, Mr. James is a resident of Philadelphia I don't and drove up. He drove up to New York to commit this crime. I, Ron, I don't believe he's a, I don't believe he is a resident of Philadelphia, but apparently, yes, he did come to Philadelphia uh, to rent the U-Haul and then drove it up to New York City. So where did he live? Uh, I don't know if they've really located where he exactly lives. He has ties to Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York City. My gosh, the, all the swing states for the next presidential election. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this man, the, the, the presidency is in the, this man's hands. Um, total fucking whack job. I mean, if there is one thing that you're go that you should, you know, I guess in hindsight, um, people who put uh, uh, entire YouTube channels of uh, their online rants about their conspiracy theories and the people that they hate and their theories of why they hate them. I mean, if you're going to commit a terrorist act, I mean, I think we learned as so much as we could from the 9-11 uh, attackers, which is, you know, minimize your, um, uh, your, your online digital footprint. Um, don't leave videos all over the place. Leave them guessing. Make them wonder who you are, why you did this. Um, this man's basically handed them 
uh, a uh, you know a, a litany of rants. Um, I, I you know my sympathies go out to his uh, public defender who's going to have to somehow uh, uh, get this man uh, out of the death chamber. Yes, there is a page of YouTube videos uh, from a user uh, going by the name of Prophet of Truth 88, which uh, police claim belong to James, uh, which, like you said, have hundreds of videos, uh, many of them rants uh, about uh, various racist and derogatory views, including against black people and other people of color. Uh, he had complained about unhoused people on the New York City subways. Uh, and in one video called 9-11, quote, the most beautiful day in the history of this country. Jesus Christ. So um, also in one video, uh, James allegedly said, quote, and so the message to me is I should have gotten a gun and just started shooting motherfuckers. Wow. <laughs> a little intense. A little intense. Fuck him. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, listen, um, what I found amazing was uh, this took place at around 830 in the morning and uh, five o'clock I was taking the subway home with a bunch of other people who acted as if there had not been an attack on the subway earlier that day. Like it literally was just another day on the afternoon commute home. Listen, if New Yorkers are not afraid of riding the subway during a pandemic, I don't think an individual shooter is going to stop them. We're not afraid. The question is, was he, was he an individual shooter or were there other parties tied to this? Um, was there, you know, a second party supporting him? Was there a third party supporting him? Oh, and Janelle is admitting that she is party number three. Oh. She's involved. She's involved from the beginning. Terrible. I don't Awful. Even, I, don't um, even, I don't even know. I mean, how, Janelle, how did you even get involved um, with Frank James in the first place? Gave him Obvious. Gave him a handy. I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to talk to Evie, her boyfriend, to uh, because it seems like she's giving a lot of handies out. She got. I think a, like people are gonna stop commenting in our YouTube channel because of the way we utilize those comments throughout the show. Just gonna say that. Or, or hold on. See, this is where it just shows how you and I are wired differently, because you're looking at it from the perspective that people be more hesitant to make comments, whereas I think that it will actually encourage people to to um to leave vague somewhat suggestive comments that may be fitting for what they're um uh, referring to in the moment but actually um could be used at any time after the fact okay i mean that's a good, that's another that's you know two ways to look at it tomato tomato as you would sure say. Uh, also on our crime blotter for the week, uh, there was the story of Julie Ann Budge. Uh, she is a, uh, a driver out in Utah who uh, who struck uh, two cyclists, uh, killing both of them, uh, and blamed uh, blamed the accident on um, how did she put it? What what would be the best way to say uh, uncontrollable defecation? She said mm -hmm. was. The reason for the accident, um, you know, she was driving, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, shart herself and uh, with which caused her to swerve into the two men, two brothers riding um, the cyclist. She then continued to drove, drive off. She said she knew uh, she had hit the cyclist, but that she couldn't get her vehicle to stop. So... Yeah. Now, was that because the poop came out of her butt, slid down her leg, and was so massive that it was putting so much pressure on the gas 
that as she was pr- pressing the brake with her 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 foot, there was the the, the car continued to move forward. Well, I think it made the the brake pedal so slippery. The uh, the the uncontrollable, uh, violent projectile defecation. Um, just you know, it, just no traction. Just couldn't hit the brake. Have you ever pooped yourself uncontrollably? Um, not, uh, not since I was a child. No. Same here. I have a, um, a, uh, uh, an extraordinary fear of doing it. Right. I never have, but I still like, um, I still have this fear. Also, I have a fear of peeing in the bed where I don't know where that comes from either. Now you, you have pissed yourself as we have outlined, um, in an episode of this podcast. I did once when I was coming back from the supermarket. Yeah. That was what, like two, three years ago? Uh, roughly. I forget what the name of the, I believe the title of the episode is like Brian, Brian, pissed, Brian himself. pissed himself. Yeah. Oh, I did pee myself. Oh, I was all over my underwear. Oh, I was terrible. <laughs> oh, I was terrible. People, go back in the archives. Um, Ron, I have a question, all joking aside. Maybe yes. we should talk about this off the show, or maybe we put it up for uh, a public debate. But right now, we have all 201 episodes of our podcast up for everyone to listen to. We do, um, yes. Have you thought about taking some of our older episodes and putting them behind the paywall? I mean, it may be time. It may be time. Maybe take you know the first year's worth of episodes and and put them behind the Patreon. We certainly have enough content. I mean, think about it: two hundred hours of this podcast, more than more than two hundred, because some episodes went um, you know an hour and five. Some episodes went an hour and ten. Uh, I remember one episode recently went as long as an hour and forty. That it did. I believe a lot of people still uh, speak of that, speak fondly of it. Numbers were good on that one. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Numbers were very good, without a doubt. Um, all right. What else do we have here? We have the uh, the Jesse Smollett song, um, which <sighs> we're, we're going to, I think we're going to need to take a deep dive into this. Okay. Now, people remember who Jesse Smollett was. He, it, Wow, Janelle, Janelle getting getting saucy now that we've been making fun of her. Now, she has no idea about this. She cannot prove it unless I admitted it to her one day um, over conversation, which I can't uh, deny, but um, not uh, inappropriate. Inappropriate. Please take that down, Ron. Um, now, Jesse Smollett was an actor. I say was because I think he is out on bail awaiting an appeal. Um or is he in jail right now? He, he's in jail because he was sentenced to 30 days in jail. Um, and I, I don't believe he uh, was. I think he had to go serve it immediately. I don't think he was allowed to bail out while waiting for an appeal. Yet somehow he puts out a song. So he is an actor on um, the show Empire, yes. which is on the Fox Network channel. Um, shout out to all my brothers and sisters on Fox. Um Cousins, grandparents, family members, just favorite channel. Um, so uh, apparently, uh, you know, allegedly, um, he was not feeling that he was getting the proper support from the show's producers in terms of some uh, uh, anti, um, 
uh, what's, how would you phrase this, Ron? The, the letters he was getting in the mail, um, the, uh, were, were they threats so much as were they just not uh, fan mail? I think it was probably hate mail he was getting. I don't know that he was okay. receiving threats, but he was, he was definitely receiving hate mail from people watching the show. And allegedly he was writing the letters himself, but that that's not part of the case. So not what happens is, so uh, uh, pre-pandemic, Jussie Smollett, not Jesse, Jussie, and uh, based on his, uh, um, you know, uh, story, um, Jussie was going outside um, uh, at 2 a.m. in the morning for a Subway sandwich in Chicago on a February night when it was like 20 degrees outside, claims that he was um, physically attacked by two white men wearing uh, uh, red MAGA hats, screaming that this is Trump land, um, attacked him, put a noose around his uh, neck, and poured bleach on him. Allegedly. Well, that's what he claimed. Yes. Um. And, and a court of law found that not to be the case. The court of law actually found that Jesse paid um, two brothers who were his um, sometimes uh, tr- uh, 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 trainers at the gym. And Jesse admits he knows them because he used to pay them to watch him masturbate, I believe is the allegation. Or he paid them so that he could watch them masturbate. I don't remember. I don't want to get the story wrong. Right. There, there, but there was, as has been a theme for this episode, um, there was some sort of a hand job involved. Yes. Um, but I don't believe that it was being performed on someone else. Like, so it wasn't like a right. Janelle. It was just a, um, I believe that it was just more of a master, but it was more of a Louis C.K. than a Janelle. Sure. I get that. My point being is that it turns out that Jesse sent these two brothers a large sum of money, like 10 grand or whatnot. And um, according to the prosecutors, um, he uh, uh, the, it was a staged attack. Um, there were no actual uh, uh, white men in MAGA hats screaming, this is Trump country, in the middle of Chicago on a February morning. Um so uh, Jesse recently was uh, uh, what was the charge against him? Filing a false police I believe, report. Yeah, I believe, I believe following filing a false police report, lying to the police, something along those lines. And he claims that he's still innocent to this still, day. Claims to this day, yes. Now, when he was sentenced, he stood up and ran into a diatribe. How he was not going to, uh, he was not suicidal. Correct. That if anything happened to him in prison, it was not because he was suicidal. And one thing that we can all prove that we know is a, is is behavior of somebody who is not suicidal is releasing a very poor quality um, uh, uh, rap song, would you call it, or uh, R&B? This is more, I guess, R&B. Um but it feels a little bit like slam poetry, like a deaf ca- deaf jam comedy minus the comedy jam. I think it's fair to say that this is this song is all over the board. Uh, it's a variety of styles, um, none of them good. Would you say that this is song? And we're gonna play the song, people. I want you to if you if if you if you're sitting down, go pour yourself a drink. We're going deep. If you're standing up, sit down. If you're taking a walk, run. If you're thinking, stop. All right. Are we ready for this? 
Is it true, Ron, that something you said earlier this week, that this is going to be the song, the official theme of Hot Podcaster Summer? Very possibly could be, very possibly. Without further ado, uh, let's get to this song that uh, Jesse Smollett uh, dropped on his Instagram earlier this week. You're not solving a crime, taking out. All right, cut off the first part. Because they won't let my man Jesse speak. Taking out the elements of race and trans and homophobia that's straight taking lives. But turn around and act like I'm the one that killed the strides. Maybe we stick together. Maybe we read more of these. Instead of saying that it's above me now, brother, you sure? I can't be mad. Take my ego out. Some people searching for fame. Some people chasing that cloud. But but he is mad. He's very mad. He's he's very showing mad. how mad he is during this whole this whole. Of course. And he's the one searching for fame. He's right. the one searching for clout. Like he faked this. So this way he would be seen as a victim and it would raise his profile so that they would give him a bigger acting role on the show. That is the entire reason he faked this. And now he's talking about how other people are chasing clout. Right. Fuck. You know, it's one thing that fucking sets me off. It's fucking <laughs> hypocrisy. I, it, I loathe hypocrisy. This ain't that situation. I think I'm stupid enough to keep my reputation. Well, we do actually. I yes. think everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much, and and the courts pretty much agree. It with was that. yeah, it was proven. A judge simply to look like a victim, like it's something fun. I better look at someone else, the wrong one. Again, um, lots of evidence showing that he was the right one, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know should have been convicted. And and really, uh, probably fortunate to only spend thirty days in jail after the amount of money he cost um, the Chicago Police Department tracking down. Um, a non-crime. I want to thank y'all. I know I still got you. This for the people. Who does he still have? This is my question. Who is still backing Jesse at this point? Oh, I okay. Hold on, hold on. If you're actually asking who is backing Jesse Smollett, I mean, there are still women in the South who are willing to put up bail money for Art Kelly right now, given the opportunity. That's so I don't think that you can. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't think that you can actually sit there and say that this is an unreasonable statement. Very valid. Okay. It's for the people who kept it real, kept it true. Wait, let me phrase that because the narrative they play. So first he's like, oh, I want to, let's go back for a second. I, I like the fact that we can actually see the blue line going back <laughs> as you hit rewind. Like, I love people it. Who kept it's it real, kept it true. So, all right, this is for the people that kept it real, for the people that kept it Wait, true. let me phrase that. Cause. Wait, no, uh, this is too nice. Let me rephrase that. The narrative they play, I really overstand the reason why y'all felt betrayed. So this is the part. So I, I feel like he's trying to say something extremely deep here by saying I really overstand versus understand. But it makes no sense whatsoever. No, 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 no. He's creating words. Like, hence my reference to the Def, 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 Def Jam comedy channel. Because because um, now he's just creating words to try and sound smart right. while, re while realizing that the people who are going to think he's smart for creating the word overstand are the dumb ones. It's like he understands so much why we felt betrayed by him. He understands that so deeply that he overstands it. He has come full circle from understanding it and now is on top of it and overstands it. 
Yeah, he, he, he sees the big picture. my own people. Thoughts going off the wall. That's why from LD to Don, I still got love for y'all. I know what hold we up, hold up, hold up. Rewind. Yes. Who's LD? Larry David. I, I believe so. I believe he was a big Curb Your Enthusiasm fan. Uh, LD and Don. Uh, Don would be I, Donald Trump, president, yeah. the greatest president that we've ever had, president number 45. So from LD to Don, he really is basically thinking Larry David all the way because, through uh, President Trump, who are also, keep in mind, two white men who have worn a red Make America Great hat. You re you're really, you know, this is why I'm glad I have you as part of this podcast, because you dig into this stuff and you nail it. That's why from LD to Don, I still got love for y'all. I know we'll meet again. Talk like real men. Now, he's saying this like, I know we'll meet again. Like, but he's only going away for 30 days. It's not like he's going to prison for 20 years. Like, wow, I know we'll meet again. Like, that'd be like when you leave on the train and be like, Brian... I know we'll meet again someday. And you'd be like, I'm only two hours away in New York City. Yeah, yeah, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, we, I, I, we have plans. I'm, I'm going yeah. down next month. Yeah. Um, uh, a question now, has an instrumental version of this been released? Not as of yet, but we can work on that. Because I swear to God, I would do my version of this song. We may have to, I would love have to, to do put it. that together. Put that Instead behind the wall. shaded rooms and up on CNN. Thunder's mad loud. Still, I'm pushing through the clouds. All I ever really wanted to do is make my people proud. Fame is nothing real. It's how you make them feel. Celebrity is for the birds. I ain't no man city. I'm not quite sure. So this this really awesome that transition that transition was one of the fucking worst things I've ever seen because it's just like uh, oh, I gotta Hold hear on. it again. You gotta play it again because literally I'm not. I I thought there was an issue with my computer when I was recording this, but I went back well, and played it again. Well, he says fame is nothing real. But like he's all, like his entire like he faked the whole um, uh, attack on him just for fame, right? Like like this is like this is the world that I see with the uh, with the deep right wing, which is the fact that like they take their actions and then when they're accused of it, they immediately like just put out this narrative that they're the complete opposite of what their actual actions were in an attempt to sit there and just mind fuck people into thinking that what they did or were accused of could not be real. And he said celebrities for the birds, but he was the one that complained so loudly when he lost his job on Empire because of all of this. Sure. That's how you make them feel. Celebrities for the birds, I ain't no man city. So I'm not, I'm not sure what that noise is supposed to be, like, like a gunshot or... Hold on, let's... It's like the Sapruta film. Let's do this one more time. For the birds, I ain't no man city. So if you're not watching the video of this, it says every single cent of the artist uh, profits will be donated to uh, the Rainbow Push Coalition, uh, the STB Safety, and the Illinois Innocence Project. And the, I didn't cut the video off shortly. It just it just drops out at the end. Nope. What's the name of that song? Uh, I'm not even sure that it has a name. To be perfectly honest, let me uh, let me go on to his Instagram and see if he actually uh, gave a name to this. 
If anybody has Pro Tools on their computer at home and can oh, somehow link in bio, so let's go to his bio. Because if there's uh, any way that we can get an uh, instrumental version, I will absolutely do my best, Jesse Smollett. Famous for the birds, but I'm not a man of steel. Term LD Don. Thank you, God. And I keep it real. See if there is a price on this because it's available in Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music. Thank you, God, for my key fob. Let me make sure I don't. Let's me in the person. door. Now I drop to the floor. The men with the red hats beat me, and then I shats, and then this I drove over two bicyclists and drove away. There doesn't seem to be a way to actually purchase this on any of these platforms. Thank God. <laughs> Who the fuck is going to pay for that song? First off, the song is trash. It's not even, I mean, it's, 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 it's produced. Okay. But it, I mean, it, uh, he's not, he's not singing. He's not rapping. He's just talking over it, which is basically what you've been doing for the past 45 minutes. But I don't see you t announcing that. Listen, <laughs> let's face it, Ron. At no point during this show are you going to put up a, a you know uh, uh, any language that says all of your artist profits from this show are going to go to um, what was the foundation? Tunnels uh, to Tower, the <laughs> Tunnels to Tower Foundation, people for the bravest golden ale, which I drank. Um, I still have a little bit left over. But the ballsiest um, thing is he's he says he wants to donate it to the Illinois Innocence Project, uh, which you know they literally get innocent people out of jail. Which he is the opposite of. He's like, guilty. There's, there's no question oh, that he is guilty of what he is charged of, and he's only having to do 30 days. But what I also love about this was all he had to do was plead down, and this thing would have gone away years ago. Like we wouldn't right. be talking. Like this is this whole thing has been a way for him to stay in the public eye, continue to have people like you and I talk about him, so that he so he because so that he is still about the fame. Because when it came out that this was just a sham um, uh, charge that he was making, all he had to do was 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 put a plea down. He could have cleaned up uh, the roadside to the highway um, and 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 moved on. He'd probably be acting right now. Um, instead, we're still mocking him. This is for the people who kept it real. <laughs> now I am got the video of Guns of Steel. Um. Well, to all my brothers and my sisters. <laughs> let's stick with Hollywood. Uh, stick with Hollywood crime for a bit here, Brian. Hollywood crime. Um, so we have uh, another celebrity uh, currently uh, behind bars. Uh, that would be a gentleman by the name of Eddie Deason, uh, who we have uh, talked about uh, on this podcast previously. Uh, former uh, Grease actor. Uh, he played uh, Eugene Felsnick in the 1978 movie and also uh, in its 1982 sequel, Grease 2. He was arrested in Maryland on April 9th uh, for burglary, two counts of trespassing and disturbing the peace. Uh, the 65-year-old actor remains behind bars and is being held on bond. Uh, apparently, according to police, uh, he forced his way into a privately owned nursing facility and refused to leave after a woman told him to get out. Um, he also allegedly tried to break into a patient's room uh, before being kicked out and arrested on the property. Do we know who the patient was? Uh, I do not have information on the patient, no. 
Because I believe that Eddie Deason had a previous um, relationship with this uh, patient. Um, and, uh, and and when, when asked, I remember, I, I think if you dig deeper into the article, when asked Eddie, when, they, uh, when the police asked him what was the relationship, what was it that um, uh, the, the patient had done for Eddie previously, Eddie's answer was that he had uh, uh, given him a handy. Interesting. Um, I understand Eddie but, also I mean, claimed that he was visiting um, his son, uh, which he felt was uh, living at the facility. Uh, I believe we have a photo of Eddie with his son. There we are. That is a doctored photo. That is <laughs> fake. That is absolute. Listen, there is absolutely no way that I would be uh, 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 willing to be photographed with 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 somebody who is a career criminal. This is not his first charge. Um, uh, a lot of people said that this was the apex of Eddie Deason's Hollywood career, and he has been downhill ever since that fateful day at Chiller Theater when I paid $20 to have a photo taken with him. I was going to say, how long ago was this photo taken? I'm going to say that that was probably somewhere in the range of Six to eight years ago. Really? So this is Eddie. Well, first off, I'm wearing glasses, so it's pre-eye surgery. Um, I look fat in the face. Not that I'm not – maybe I'm still fat in the face. Um, That shirt I still have and wear, so um, clearly wardrobe needs to be updated a bit. Um, I look painfully awkward. Well, Um, that's that's a given. Eddie looks like he's about to just bend me over and uh, (laughs) – Have his way with me. Look at Eddie. Eddie looks a little bit younger there. uh, He looks much younger. But let's compare it to this this latest mugshot photo. I mean, if that was only like six to eight years ago, uh, it has been a rough six to eight years for Eddie Deason. Um, He was uh, also arrested um, back in September of 21 at a Maryland restaurant. Um, after allegedly going on a rampage in which he refused to leave and threw plates and food at cops. Uh, he was charged with second-degree assault, disorderly conduct, and trespassing. Um, and then uh, the last time we had spoken about him was when he was involved in another incident at a Maryland restaurant where he was accused of harassing a waitress and detailing his infatuation with her via Facebook. Honestly, um, I think I think his his slide down to um, you know uh, away from the path was when the uh, the script for Grease Four um, was written, and there was no there was no there was no uh, uh, character for Eugene uh, in Grease Four. That, you know, was, he, that was the downward spiral. He said that he wanted to play the guidance counselor. He felt that Eugene would have graduated high school, college, and become the uh, uh, guidance counselor of Rydell High. Um, and the uh, writers were like, "Sorry, Eugene, it 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 can't be. It's just should not." We, meant to should be. we look into doing a one hundred percent Eddie Deason focused podcast? Just retire this podcast and just do a weekly podcast about Eddie Deason. Just or just can we continue to do this podcast because it has this podcast? Let's be let's you know let's call it for what it is. This show has really been a rallying cry for the people of Ukraine over the past two months. I mean, our download numbers in Ukraine have skyrocketed with support. I don't know that I would feel comfortable robbing um, our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. Thank you, God. um, 
from uh, their ability to watch the show. And I'm not sure that they have the interest in hearing about Eddie Deason. Could we do a second podcast where it's all about Eddie Deason? So just make it part of the uh, the Ron and Brian universe, a second podcast. Yes. Okay. Well, there's nothing stopping us from expanding. Yeah. No, no. I mean, no. I know you're shrinking. We know, you know, we know that, you know, over the past uh, uh, year, you know, in, in, in your journey, thank you God for my, I wasn't chasing clout. I was just chasing a trout because I'm a fisherman in a fisher world. We have to get, the I feel intro. like I could, I could, I feel like I could write an atrocious song to that, <laughs> to that beat. I would agree it's, it's literally just like one word. And then another line rhyming with that with the last uh, word of the first sentence, and then doing it over and over and over again. Well, I I will make it my job to get you the instrumental for that song, without a doubt. I'd appreciate it. Um, let's see. Oh, we've got a couple of uh, COVID stories uh, kicking around. They may have uh, reinstituted the mask mandate here in Philadelphia, but down in Brazil, uh, they have actually uh, ended the COVID mask mandate. And there is a, uh, a, a man known as the human Satan due to his extreme body transformations. Uh, he celebrated by removing his ears which seems drastic Why? and is. Uh, so we've got a photo of this gentleman right here. So this is Brazilian Michel Faro do Prado. Uh, he has un undergone extensive body modifications over the years, including dozens of tattoos and piercings, uh, even customized his teeth. Um, and so uh, he has now lobbed his ears off, and we do have uh, a photo uh, cleaned up a bit, um, so you can see on the left there, his ears, uh, where his ears were all kind of uh, stitched up. And then in that, uh, that pixelated photo, those are his ears. Uh, so he uh, posted on social media site, Reddit, showing off his new look minus his ears. Like, I feel this guy's chasing fame and clout. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. Now we all know that the COVID numbers are going back up again. Uh, they are. And uh, hopefully, you know, if they were to institute a another mask mandate, um, I think he is uh, he would have a, a bit of an issue. Fucking hell. What is wrong with people? I, I don't know, Brian. We, we have been asking that for uh, going on four years now, and I don't know that we have any answers. Wow, Janelle, that really hurt. Wow, that's. Uh, so, Brian, a new uh, study came out this past week um, looking at the, the handling of COVID um, reported uh, by the very always reliable New York Post. Um, of course. Said that New York, New Jersey, and California failed in their handling of the COVID-19 pandemic because of stringent lockdowns and policies, while Florida was amongst the best performing states in the country. The uh, organization that, uh, really? that that ran this study, um, it was published by the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, uh, which if you are not uh, familiar with that, Brian, uh, it appears Correct. to be something that uh, was just recently created to put this study out. Uh, the study is headed uh, by John Casamatidis. 
if you don't know him, he is the chairman and CEO of the Red Apple Group, a Fortune 500 company with annual revenues in excess of $5 billion. Um, not too surprising, a, uh, a staunch conservative and Republican uh, with uh, huge uh, investments in the energy sector. Um, and then this, uh, this study was also backed by the Heritage Foundation, uh, a conservative think tank. So uh, questioning uh, the validity of this study, uh, given the uh, kind of partial well, uh, organizations that it came from. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this one out there. Okay. Um, and I know this may be a controversial take. Hot take, hot take, hot take, hot take. I think that um, uh, 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 the logic in shutting everything down and um, uh, closing all businesses, uh, 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 preventing people from working and whatnot, um, a complete shutdown, uh, as states like New York and California did, I don't necessarily think that that has been proven to have been the correct response in the same way that Florida and Texas's response of well, fuck it. We're not worried. Let's just keep everything open. We don't care if you wear a mask. I don't think that that actually um, uh, um, is, it, it can also be seen as, as, as the proper response. Um, I think it has been well established that the Florida uh, uh, numbers that they were reporting for hospitalizations, for cases, for deaths, they had more than four deaths, by the way, yeah. um, were also um, undercounted and under uh, uh, um, acknowledged. So um, I think that, you know, once again, just like in, in all things in life, um, thank you, God. Um, you know, there is no such thing as black or white, one or zero, A or B, um, yes or no, um, alpha and. Made it fifty-eight minutes almost, but I think it's just the fact that there you know, that for us. I, I think what we should do is try to figure out what did what were what worked right. in certain states, what didn't work in others, and not take a stance of well, this was right and that was wrong because the world doesn't operate that way. You know, you look at Shanghai right now, and you've got people who are literally. I, I mean, they're under one of the most strictest. Um, uh, COVID lockdowns right now. You've got people that are literally dropping their dogs out their window, t tied onto a leash, and lowered floor by floor so dogs can walk on the grass downstairs and go to the bathroom. Hmm. No, I mean I agree. It's it's it, like you said. It's not black and white. It's not cut and dried. Although sure. I think one thing we can agree upon um, is that this study uh, gave New Jersey the grade of F minus. And I think in general, um, anything re regarding New Jersey, you can grade as an F minus. So I think that much we can we can agree with them on. Would you say so? Then so then see even like this like like you started talking about this report as if. Um, uh, uh, basically saying that this report is all hooey, nonsense, garbage, flatulence, not worth the paper it's printed on, zero. And yet there was a piece of it that we could pull yes. out and we could find common ground on. So and that is, we, can, we, there. we can all agree New Jersey is trash. Um, 
before we get out of here, we do need to take a quick look over to celebrity obituaries. Uh, Mike Bossy, Islanders great four-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, one of hockey's most prolific goal scorers, uh, passing away after a battle with lung cancer at the age of 65. The Islanders won four? They didn't win four, but he won four in his career. Oh, while playing for other teams. Yes. I'm sorry. I apologize. He helped the Islanders win the Stanley Cup four straight years from 1980 to 1983. Where the fuck was I? There's no way the Islanders won four straight years. That's what this story is telling me. You think, I mean, you think they're lying in his obituary for clout? Thank you, God. I didn't do this for love. I did this for God. Uh, but obviously, uh, the uh, the most tragic death of the week was the passing of iconic comedian Gilbert Gottfried, uh, dying at the age of 67 after a uh, long-time battle with recurrent ventricular tachycardia, uh, a heart abnormality. It seems that, that comedians are dropping like flies. Just recently, Norm MacDonald, Bob Saget. Louis Anderson. Ralphie May. Ralph, well, Ralph May was a few years ago. So was, wasn't Louis Anderson a couple of years ago? No, it was within like the last few months. It was Bob Saget and then Louis Anderson. No way. The Amazing, the amazing Jonathan recently passing away. My will to live. Shockingly, the unknown comic still alive. Still obviously, around. Make him, make him that bank. Make him bank on Cameo. But Gilbert Gottfried really, I mean, you know, we talk about icons. Gilbert Gottfried, one of the best comedians to ever do it, personally. Um, what I think made him so great was just his uh, uh, his his willingness to embrace, to embrace just being bad. Right. I mean, when you look at his jokes, they're not particularly well-crafted. It is just the fact of... Um, uh, uh say, it, it it was about saying something shocking saying uh, uh embracing being uh politically incorrect being offensive um uh, having no filters um having absolutely nothing that he would shy away from i think is um you know let's be brutally honest it is um you know uh, uh one of the last of a dying breed um you know he uh famously lost his gig as the aflac Gecko, when he made uh, like jokes. Duck. What? The Aflac duck, not not a gecko. Who's the gecko? That's Geico. I was close. You got you to <laughs> give me a little credit on that one. Yeah, but well, um, he got fired. He, he got fired from his job uh, uh, on Aflac because he was making tsunami jokes after uh, uh, the uh, disaster in Japan. Um, just just tweet after tweet of like. 11 or 12 tweets in a row making sure. tsunami jokes. And, and when he got fired, it, it wasn't even a blip. Like he showed absolutely no <laughs> regret. Like that was the part where it, where, you know, with, with, with most people now, if they um, said something that was later deemed offensive, uh, 99% of Hollywood, regardless of what, whether you're a list or D list, um, would immediately uh, launch into apology mode. They would send out a, you know, a, a, a tweet, that they were sorry that they're going to, you know, step back, you know, and spend some time, you know, uh, reevaluating their, uh, their priorities. Um, 
they would uh, win the Oscar for best actor and start crying um, to try and uh, drum up sympathy for themselves. Like, whereas Gilbert Gottfried just went right back into making more jokes. Like he just didn't care. It was just a, it was just a constant attempt to make people laugh. Um, And he did it very well. The the other day uh, after he passed away, I watched the clip of him at the, uh, the Hugh Hefner roast back in, what was it? It was late, late 2001. It was one of the first uh, comedy shows after 9-11. And uh, just, you know, he he kind of bombed because he... uh, he started doing 9-11 jokes on this, like literally months after he told a joke that he was nervous about yeah. his upcoming flight to L.A. because it had a connection at the Empire State Building. And then um, he decides to go and tell his aristocrats joke, which sure. well, is still now considered one of the all time best tellings of that joke. Yeah. Well, I think it was the idea that he realized that he was not going to uh, uh, drum up a lot of uh, laughter in the crowd. Right. Um, like like he, he read the crowd wrong in terms of their willingness to accept 9-11 jokes. Like it was a little too early um, by the majority of the people in the room. However, people who are uh, uh, prioritize uh, humor, uh, 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 the comedians that were in the room immediately acknowledged that his jokes about 9-11 – immediately sent the signal to the comedy world that it was okay to laugh, that this was something that, you know, um, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're, we're still grieving through, but one of the, uh, uh, one of the tactics, one of the ways that we have available to us is through comedy is through laughter, um, not just by tears. So as he started telling his nine 11 jokes, um, there were, there was a, a large segment of people in that room who sat there and said, yeah, we needed this. We we needed a nine eleven joke. It, it's it you know because you can imagine everybody was you know was uh, no okay I'm not going to restate that. Not everybody, not the not everybody in the room. Not Steven Siller who gave his life at nine eleven so that I could drink this beer today. Um, oops, I hope that glass was empty. Um, yeah, okay. So Gilbert Godfrey passed away. Uh, really, uh, um, uh, a loss. Um, but uh, it's uh, something that we're going to have to uh, deal with as people of our generation and that above us are going to start dying more frequently. You know, one of the things that I've started to notice over the last decade is that people that I um, grew up looking up at in terms of uh, uh, celebrity status, people, actors, uh, comedians, um, uh, F1 uh, car drivers. They're starting to now pass away more regularly. It's, you know, you know, when I was uh, uh, six, people in the 20s were not dying. But now that I'm uh, uh, 38, you know, people in their 50s are dying more frequently. So uh, it's just something we're going to have to start living with. There you go. Uh, before we get out of here, remember that you can follow us on TikTok, the Ron and Brian podcast. The more followers we get, uh, we may actually start putting some content up there. So go on to TikTok, the Ron and Brian podcast. And of course, uh, go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Uh, we are getting ready to do After Dark shortly uh, in about, uh, about 23 minutes. Um, so that is something that is Every Sunday night at 9.30 p.m., uh, once a month, we do our pajama party where we invite you, our Patreon listeners, to uh, come on the show with us. Um, 
as we uh, as we posted uh, on social media, we are looking to put together a counter offer uh, to Elon Musk's $43 billion offer to buy Twitter. Uh, the only way we can do that is if we get more Patreon subscribers. So go to ronandbrianpodcast.com, upper right-hand corner, click on become a patron uh, and join us for as low as $5 a month. Uh, if you want to join the live after dark, that's just $10 a month. So skip the avocado toast uh, for a couple of days during your month <laughs> and you can get some fine quality entertainment. If you think this show is good, you should see what we talk about after dark. Last week on After Dark, we put up our Mount Rushmore of adult film actors, both female and male. Yes, I think that was uh, that was a highlight of After Dark so far. And you know who I was reminded of this past week that we left out, made no reference to. Who's that? Ron Jeremy. A little problematic. Was that why you left him off? Um, I think, you know, I, I think, yes, that would be, that would be part of it. Never even crossed my mind in terms of putting up on Mount Rushmore. Nor should he have been based on what he is alleged to have done. Has he been tried yet or is he still, uh, uh languishing in jail? Uh, that I don't know. We'd have to do, we'd have to do some research on that. He hasn't looked good the last couple of times. I'm not, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm a little surprised he's still with us because he never was uh, the picture of health. Let's put it that way. No, no, not at all. Not at all. It's not good. Not good no, for him. No, no. Um, the last update on Ron Jeremy. Uh, so back in March, his uh, his his case was postponed uh, because he had uh, mental health issues um, and they didn't feel that uh, he uh, was comprehending what was going on, so he was going to have to undergo a mental health evaluation. Do you think his psychiatrist was like, all right, Ron, just just let me put the tip in. <laughs> uh, let me possibly. put the tip of mental health inside of you. And do you, know how, do you know how old Ron Jeremy is now? 69. Nice. Exactly. Nice. Kind of, he, nice. he should die at 69. Just would kind of... Yes. That would really just kind of tie things in a bow. Anyway. It would be fitting. Anything else uh, before we wrap this episode up and head on over to After Dark? Let's take it to After Dark, people. All right. Thank you all for joining us. We love you all. We appreciate you. Uh, we'll be back again next Sunday at 8 o'clock uh, for your After Dark folks. Uh, we will see you in a few minutes. So be good to each other, and we will catch you all next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.